Thanks for checking out the Airborne Youth Podcast. This week you'll be hearing a teaching from Ben Evenson. So here's the deal. We got this theme this whole month going on, right? Lit for real. How many th- How many of you think that's lame? Oh, good. Damick, there it is. All right? That's absolutely, Damick's like, that's stupid. Anyway, well, here's the deal, and here's my rant and my rave on that. I know, yeah, we're trying to be like edgy church. Yeah, no, it isn't about that at all, but I do believe that it's our call as believers to redeem things that the enemy's taken. The devil didn't come up with getting lit. I, yeah, right? I know. Everybody's like, yes, he did. No, he didn't. He's not a creator. The devil never created anything. He takes the things of God and distorts them, makes them destructive, and calls them his own. And the church goes, oh, he took it. Let's just, ew, stay away. Don't we, though? Come on, right? It's like music. The devil went and did some good stuff with it. And we're all like, and then the church did. And this is it, you guys. But like the church of the last hundred years is like, we will have nothing to do with that music. We will only play the organ, right? And it's like, stop, people. This is awful. We're like letting go of the authority that we have in Christ. Does that make sense? So we read this whole um, definition in, you know, we have to go to the, what is it, the slang dictionary? Urban dictionary. Yeah, that's what it was. I, I have it on my phone. I'm not, I just, it was one of those blanks. I'm like, or you just called Dylan Kelly, right? Yeah, anyway, I won't get into those flashcards in my office, but that's really fun. I have slang flashcards in my office if you want to stop by and see if you can guess what they mean. Dylan Kelly knew everyone. <laughs> anyway, I've never heard of half of them, but anyway. But the definition of lit is the state of intoxication, in parentheses, it says regardless of the intoxicating agent. It's a state of intoxication that causes someone to uncontrollably smile and be so happy that they appear as lit up like a light bulb. Okay? That's the definition of lit. It is like, okay, intoxicated. We gave that word over to the devil, too, and said, oh, you can't be intoxicated. Okay? I do agree. You take, like, alcohol and you get into drugs, you all know they're destructive. You all know they're destructive, and for some reason, the enemy's got this, like, shroud over our whole culture that says, oh, no, it's totally fun, it's cool, nothing will happen. I know for a fact I knew probably a dozen kids in my high school that died in drunk driving accidents, okay? I know a lot of people that overdosed on drugs. I've known a lot of people in the last few years that have overdosed on drugs. I have not seen them propel anybody to success. Is that fair? But yet... Oh, it's so cool, man. We got it. Like, but the devil takes this stuff and gets our minds all thinking and puts a shroud over our eyes so we can't see what's real and what's true and says, oh, he takes the great things of God. Being intoxicated is what we were singing about tonight, believe it or not. The whole I'm a lover of your presence thing, when you get and feel the presence of God, it's, it's crazy awesome. Well, sorry. I'm going to probably kick you. I'm not going to stand still, I promise. But when you get to that place where you are in the presence of God, feeling the presence of God, we see it all the way through Scripture, that guys would like get in the presence of God and have a visitation from God, and they would move into what was a transic-type state, like a trance, like out of body, not okay, seems like there's something wrong with them. Right on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came, there were all these people speaking in tongues, and it was like, 
Peter's preaching, and 12 or 15 different languages were heard by people in the crowd that were there because all these people were from out of town for something at that time. So 15 different languages, everybody was hearing their language as Peter spoke in tongues. Then there were some people that walked by and were like, oh, man, those guys are drunk, man. That was what they said. They're drunk. What is wrong with those people? And then someone else was like, "Uh, it's 9 o'clock in the morning. They're not drunk. It's the Holy Spirit, okay? It's that, so there's this reality of the things that God does, and we're really scared of them in the church because the devil's gone and stole them, so we just run away and let him have it. And I think that's ridiculous, and it's foolish, and it's fearful, and it's totally not of God to just let the devil steal something and go, oh, I guess we can have it. That's fine. So we end up with organ music. Right? So there's the other call, guys. If you're a musician, be amazing at it. Oh, take it back, okay? The, the music industry has kind of been like overtaken by the like by literal demonic leading. And there's been like all these guys, I don't know if it was Ozzy Osbourne or one of those old guys that once said, if you give me a crowd of people and 10 minutes of the right song, I can make them do whatever I want. Because there's a power in vibration. There's a power in the frequencies of music. And I'm not a musician, so I'm not going to say this all properly. But there's something that happens inside you. You know when your song comes on. Yeah, oh, 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 now I understand, right? There's something that happens inside you, and the devil knows how to utilize it. And cause you to behave in a certain way. But God also knows how to use it. It's why we worship, and it's why we worship a long time on Wednesday nights. If you're bored, get over it. Step in and encounter God because he's working in your heart, and you'll be amazed at the crap that will happen just through worship. You need healed. You need set free. You need to be happy. You need something in your life to change. Worship. Gosh. Don't get grumpy and be like, God didn't do nothing for me. The cross. Just saying. He didn't quit there, but he did the cross thing. So get off your high horse. God did plenty for you, and he keeps doing more. So don't get grouchy when you don't feel like he's giving you what you want. Because he knows when to give you what you need, and he will provide in everything. Got it? So here's the deal. This theme of getting lit, I'm just going to read this passage because I'm going to so run out of time. I hate this. Anyway, um, here it is. You've heard this before, but I want you to take this in right now, okay? It says, no one lights a lamp and puts it in a place. That, uh, yeah, the Bible's been talking about being lit for a long time. Just say, okay? No one lights a lamp and puts it in a place where it will be hidden under a bowl. Instead, he puts it on a stand so that those who come in may see the light. Hmm. Your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eyes are good, your whole body is full of light. But when, you're, when your eyes are bad, your body is full of darkness. See to it then that the light within you is not darkness. Therefore, if your whole body is full of light and no part of it is dark, it will be completely lit or lighted, okay, as when the light of a lamp shines on you. So if, is that like, that's right, that's in the Bible. Totally God first. Lit is not a 2015 term. 
or 16 or whatever it came out, right? It's not new. It's not the devil's. He doesn't own this idea of being led. He's taking it. Charles, our senior pastor, wrote a book, what, like eight years ago, called Glow in the Dark. It's this concept right now that when you get full of light, because it's all you let in, is light and truth and love and the things of God, you glow in the dark and you're happy and you're bright and you're lit everywhere you go, for real. And the next morning, you're not hungover. So it's not just lit tonight, it's lit forever. Because you can be, and it doesn't hurt the next day, it doesn't make you ill, it doesn't make you sick, it doesn't make... And you don't wake up going, what the heck happened? I mean, you might, but you'll be so full of joy. You might wake up and go, what just happened? That was amazing, right? Some of you have been to Firestorm. Yeah, that's like, it gets crazy. Never forget the night I took a bus full of teenagers down to Sheets at 1130 at night. After Heidi and Roland Baker blasted everybody in the place. And they all start getting off the bus down here at Sheets because we were getting snacks before we went back to the hotel. And they're all staggering across the parking lot. Nobody had any alcohol or drugs, okay? It was the craziest night of like, oh, man. Anyway, seriously full of joy, full of God, laughing. I was like, oh, no. And guess what? This is like perfect. I'm an adult youth pastor guy with a bus full of underage teenagers, totally drunk, walking through drunk in like That's what it looks like to our world because they don't know the things of God. They just think the devil owns it all, but it's different. They're all staggering their way into sheets to get drinks and snacks and stuff, and in pulls the state trooper. (laughs) Seriously, someone's calling me right now? No. Anyway. No, I took the case off because I needed to plug it in. Anyway, so here's the deal, okay? State trooper pulls in. I'm like, I'm dead. There's no explanation. None of these kids are going to be able to walk a straight line if he needs them to. And they're all underage. I'm going to jail tonight. I believe with all my heart that's, that God blinded that police officer to what was happening. Like, he it was like, these are not the kids you are looking for. Like, it was wild. How many of you were here there that night? Hannah was, Abby, Dylan, Ryan. This was, I was like, oh, my gosh. They ended up praying for the cashier in sheets, and she was crying. Like, that was amazing. They were lit. And it brought life to the cashier at Sheets for crying out loud. I guarantee you, no drunk pile of people that walk into Sheets down there are going to leave the cashier feeling like a million dollars. Because there's an effect that happens in every part of your life. When you are a lover of the presence of God and you're full of light, it says your eye is the lamp to your body. What do you put in there? What do you let in? And this is hard, I know, because I, I live in this culture too. And you kind of go like, how the heck do you control that? Well, guess what? The devil knows that whatever he puts in front of your face is what you're going to gaze upon. Okay? Crazy story in the Bible of how this works. Have you heard this from the Old Testament? You know Isaac? I'll finish with this story because it makes the point crazy. Okay? The story of Isaac, right? He went and he fell in love with, was it Rachel or Rebecca first? No. Leah and Rebecca. No, Rachel. Leah and Rachel. Sorry, I got to get the names right. Who said it? He fell in love with Rachel, who he thought was gorgeous. Her sister Leah, he did not think was gorgeous, and that was okay. Someone else probably did. Okay? 
It's important if you're going to marry somebody that you think they're gorgeous. It's okay, right? So here's the deal. He thinks that Rachel's gorgeous, so he goes to her dad and says, hey, I want to marry your daughter. And he goes, oh, yeah, that's great. You work for me for seven years, you can have my daughter. That's how it worked in those days. We don't do it like that, and I don't say that we should. Maybe. I don't know. Um, if you want to date my daughter, 10 years at least. So, hey, that's it. All right. You think I'm joking. Stay off. Anyway, I have a shotgun named Maisley. That's the first, that's the first Maisley you'll meet at my door. Anyway, um, just kidding. I love her to death. Anyway, yeah, all right. Off topic, okay, but Laban was the dad, so Isaac goes, I want to marry your daughter. Seven years you work for me, you can have her, right? Seven years goes by, they go to the wedding, and they had, like, all these costumes and stuff. You couldn't necessarily see the bride because they were covered in, like, veils and all this stuff, and it was all symbolic. And then they go into the bridal chamber to do what they do on the wedding night, okay? And they do that, and um, he wakes up the next morning, and it's Leah, how crazy is the Bible? <laughs> and you can imagine, he's like, oh, no. Oh, no, right? He goes to Laban, probably upset. Hey, um, I worked for your daughter, Rachel. That's who I want to, that's who I love. That's who I want to marry. He says, oh, well, it's our custom to marry off the oldest daughter first. So that's what happened. You can work. You can work another seven years for Rachel if you want. And it says, because he loved Rachel so much, and I know the polygamy thing, we got to figure that out. Anyway, not getting into it tonight. Seven more years he worked to marry Rachel, and he gets screwed this whole thing. Like, Laban's a jerk, the dad. Okay? He's a total jerk. Like, and so Isaac goes, you know what? I'm getting him back. He said, okay, for my payment, for all this work I've done for you and all this stuff, I want, from all your flocks, I want all the sheep that are funky spotted, striped, imperfect. You keep all the perfect ones, and I'll take all the messed up ones. In, the, in that culture, perfect sheep were clean and all that, okay? And the spotted, striped ones were kind of the runts. And Laban goes, okay, that's a fair deal. Guess what Isaac does? And I don't get all this, how this works, okay? But he goes out to the fields. So he takes out all the, um, all the sheep because he cared for all the flocks, okay? And the, the striped ones are his. He goes out, he takes these sticks, and he peels off the bark and stripes them, like, by taking the bark off these sticks. And when the sheep would come, when they were in heat, as it says in the Bible, right, ready to mate, they would come to drink at the water troughs. He would put these striped sticks in the water troughs so that when they came to drink, they would look at the sticks. Weird, right? Yeah, so they're in the water trough, and the sheep's going, okay? But here's the deal. They, I guess the sheep would mate near the water trough. <laughs> I don't know why. Okay? They would mate. But listen, the sheep that would mate there after looking at the sticks would all be born with stripes and spots. Right? I don't know. This was a God thing. God was like, I am so all over this Isaac guy. He's my bro. We're going to work this thing out. Okay? So here's the deal. Then he figures, Isaac goes, okay, this is how we're going to do this. When the weak sheep come to drink, and they want to mate, I'll take the sticks out, so the weak sheep will mate and make pure white lambs, and when the strong sheep come to drink and mate, I'll put the sticks in, they'll come out striped and spotted, I get all the strong sheep, he gets all the weak sheep, <laughs> he, this really happened, guys, so he ends up exploding his entire, like, herd of sheep with all these spotted, and Laban's going like, all my sheep are perfectly white, but they are lame, and it, like, 
scraggly and sick and weak. Like, what is going on? Here's the key to what, you're like, why did you tell us this story? You become what you behold. What you gaze upon affects who you become and what you become. So the things you choose to let in through the lamp that is your eyes into your body, if they're full of light, you'll be full of light. If they're full of darkness, you'll be full of darkness. Let your light shine before men. Get lit before men in a way. So like walking around going, oh, I'm so in love with Jesus. I love Jesus. Yeah, cool. We pray. You should come to my church. Like, oh, my gosh, please don't. Seriously, what? Yeah, I spit like, you should, this mic, we need a plastic bag over it. Anyway. They're brand new, and they're just like, I'm just breaking them in, all right? Here we go. Do you get this, though? Full of light. Stop living an unlit life. And if your life's unlit, if you're like, press into God and get lit. Start putting your eyes on things that are full of light and stop staring into the darkness going, I wonder why I keep hitting my head. How many of you have a bed that you bump your toes on in the middle of the night? And it hurts worse than anything. We have that little pole at the corner of the bed. And if you walk through in the dark and crack, you're like, ah! Guess what? I have never, I just spit all over you guys, I'm sorry. I have never stubbed my toe on the bed when the lights were on. I just never, because I know where it is. It's easy to see things, right? How many of you have ever gotten hurt in the dark? Okay, or period. How about this? How many of you have ever gotten hurt, period, anywhere on your face? What do you do? What do you do? What do you do first? What? Go to the hospital? Maybe. But what do you do first? Where do you go? Where do you go if you hurt your face? This is your model figure. Your mommy, maybe? The mirror. You go to the bathroom and go, what has happened? Right? And do you run into the bathroom, turn off the light, close the door, and run over to the mirror going, what happened? That's stupid because you can't see anything in the dark and nothing makes sense in the dark. Nothing makes sense when you're in the dark and you can't see anything. It'll drive you crazy. You'll be like, what is that? If you've ever been in one of those deep, dark caves where there's zero light, have you ever done that? Where they turn off the lights in one of these caves you can go explore in, and suddenly you know what happens to your body within 30 seconds? You lose your balance and you fall to the ground because everything inside you is relative to your ability to see light or not. And when there isn't light... You lose all bearings and all sense of where anything is, and you fall. This all applies to what you let in the lamp of your, of your eyes, into your soul, into your spirit. Do you follow this? Is it full of light? You get to choose what you lay your eyes on. You can't necessarily choose what passes in front, but you can sure choose what you gaze upon. Does that make sense? I know the magazines, the internet, the whatever, and all that crap that's out there. You see it. You know it. But what do you gaze on? <sighs> Stand up. I know. I'm sorry. 
20 minutes, guys. That was 20 minutes or something, okay? Not too bad. Uh, Long time. You sit in class for 55 minutes, right, or 47? Anyway, shh, 43. That's twice as long as I just preached, so deal with it, okay? Shh. Okay, here's what I want. Listen to me. Our prayer in every possible way is that not one of you would walk in this room on a Wednesday night with anything going on in your life that you wouldn't be willing to deal with here. For you to walk in this room carrying a burden of crap that's going on in your world and going on in your life and you're feeling, hey, I'm trapped in darkness right now. My life looks like nothing but a cave and I have no perception of what's going on or maybe you're just having a dim week and you might have an injury you can't see in the mirror because you don't have enough light going on. We want to participate with you in praying and agreeing and bringing and shedding light into your world. It's why all these adults come and hang out here. If you ask around the typical college university campus, how many people, if, if polled, are like, hey, how many of you want to go hang out with junior and senior hires? Probably like 1%. And you're looking at them in this room, these adults that are here going like, no, seriously, I want to give my Wednesday nights, give my time and come and hang out with junior and senior hires. Because we care, because we love, because we get it. We've been there. We've walked down the roads you're walking down. And we care a whole lot. And our worst nightmare is you would come in here full of burdens and walk out of here with the same burdens you walked in with, guys. Come with all the stuff that's weighing you down. Throw it on the altar in worship. Ask for prayer for what's going on in your world. And you will not get one ounce of judgment out of this stuff. You're going to get a whole lot of absolutely, I hear you. Can we pray together? Be encouraged. Can I text you this week and see how it's going? That's the kind of love you're going to get here. How many of you have experienced that kind of love here? Come on. It, oh, whoa, we actually care about people here. Please don't walk out of this room ever with the dim lit lights in your life and just be like, I don't know what to do. It just sucks. I'm lost. Turn on the light. Come up here. Get prayer. Go to the back and find the leader afterwards. Stay Pin us down. If we're talking to somebody, walk up and go, hey, can I talk to you? Like, it's okay. It's why we're here. But please don't leave here with a pile of burdens on your shoulders every week. There's a reason we do this in the middle of your school week. We get it. Life is brutal. And you're coming in here midweek going like, oh, I'm tired already. There's two more days. And we understand that realm. If this can be a bright spot in your week, oh, that's what we're here for. So don't walk out of here going, yeah, that was cool, I guess. I'm glad they said that. That was nice. Get up here and find us and chase us down. We'd love to help you turn the light on in your life. It doesn't always happen by yourself. Actually, it's really hard to do by yourself. So pull pull a student. I don't care. It doesn't have to be one of the leaders if we're all old and weird. Grab somebody next to you that looks your age, that looks fun, and go, hey, will you pray for me? Will anyone in this room say, no, I will not pray for somebody? I think every, yeah, every person in this room would be willing to pray for you if you said, hey, will you pray for me? So you got no excuse to walk out of here going, nobody would pray for me. Everybody will pray for you if you stay here all night and ask every person. You think I'm joking. No, I'm for real. Guys, we want to see you all lit every single day. We want to see you lit on Instagram. We want to see you lit everywhere you go. We want to see your life lit in the realest way possible. 
not in this stupid, superficial thing. The world needs to see what really lit looks like. They're obviously searching for it. There's no doubt about it, guys. So we're going to end with prayer, and please come grab a leader if you want something specifically prayed for, any part of your life, anything that's going on. You can't shock or surprise us, I promise. So put your hands up in the air. God, I thank you for this amazing group of young men and women. God, I thank you for the dreams and the passions and the things you put inside them, God. I pray you'd flick on the light switch in their hearts right now tonight, God, that whatever their hearts are hearing tonight, God, would be light into their spirits, light into their soul, that wherever they're at, God, it's a little brighter tonight because they just heard your voice tonight, God. Let them gaze upon your word, God. Let them gaze upon your face. Let them worship with all their hearts, God. Let your light fill every part of who they are, that if that there would be no darkness anywhere in them, that they would shine like a lamp being shined on their face. You don't think your friends will watch if you walk through school and your face is glowing? That's not outrageous. That's what it promised. Like a lamp being shined on your face everywhere you go. It's like, look, I'm in a spotlight. That will freak people out. They'll be like, what are you doing? Be like, I'm lit. That will freak them out, right? They'll be like, really, what would you get? You know? They'll be like, it's Jesus. And it's really better because it doesn't stop. So, God, I thank you for what you're doing in hearts tonight. I pray you just fill each one of these with your love, with the light of who you are. That this group would walk out of here, God, so shining, God, that the dark places of their world and their lives would change, God, that they wouldn't even need lights in the parking lot because this group's walking out there to their cars, God. I'm serious. That'd be wild, wouldn't it? So, God, fill us. Fill us with your light, Father. We thank you for your love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This podcast was recorded live at a Wednesday night youth meeting. To find out more, check us out on Facebook and Instagram by searching Airborne Youth.